Amen. Good afternoon, church family. Good afternoon. Come on, good afternoon. It's great to see each and every one of you. It is. And uh, great to have our church family also that have joined online and our many guests here this afternoon in this third morning service and many guests that have joined us online from here in the city of Ottawa, across the nation of Canada, and even from around the world. How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on, are you ready for God's Word? Well, we're in a three-part sermon series all about leaning in on Holy Spirit. We're calling it In Sync. And the whole idea is to be synced up with Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, we looked at Romans chapter 8. Talked about getting out of Romans 7 and living life in Romans chapter 8. You might recall, I offered to you seven steps, seven practical steps to walking in the Spirit. Well, today I want to take you to an unexplored New Testament passage of Scripture. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And so if you brought your Bible today, I want to invite you to get it out and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I want to share with you th- th- today three, three things that I really believe we need now more than ever. Three things I need in my life now more than ever. Three things I believe you need in your life now more than ever. Three things Woodvale Church needs now more than ever. And three things Ottawa and the nation of Canada need now more than ever. I want you to bow your heads with me. I just want to lead us in prayer. Father God, I'm asking in this third morning service, as we unpack 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe, Lord, you have shown me three things that we need now more than ever. And I'm asking God that you would give us ears to hear and give us a heart to receive. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak these truths deep in our hearts. We ask it and we pray it in Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everybody said, Amen. The first thing I want to share with you, number one, I honestly believe we need spirit demonstration. Number one, spirit demonstration. I want to unpack this morning, verse one down to verse five, but before I do, I want to point out the last part of 1 Corinthians chapter one. It's not on the screen, but Paul said that the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. And I have to smile at what some people boast about on social media. You know, for some reason, we think we need to tell everybody what we got, what we're doing, where we are, how much cream's in our coffee that day. And I I just felt the Lord say to me to challenge the church to put more efforts on social media, boasting in the Lord. Amen? And I want to challenge us to go all out boasting in the Lord. And I'll tell you why. These are difficult days. And there's some people out there really struggling. They don't need to know how many cream is in your coffee. They need to know the hope that is found in Jesus. Amen? And so I want to challenge us to go all out boasting in the Lord. Let's come to verse 1, chapter 2. Paul said, so it is with me, brothers and sisters. He calls the believers in Corinth his brothers and his sisters. When I came to you... I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Paul went to Corinth. He planted a church. He said, I didn't come to you with eloquence. I didn't come to you with human wisdom. Why did Paul say that? Because in that day, there was orators. There were philosophers that would show up in the city, and they would go into the amphitheaters, and they would speak with their, their, their eloquent words. They would speak with their wisdom. They would speak with their education and their persuasive words. Paul was a very educated man. He was educated at the feet of Gamaliel. 
He was a man that probably knew three languages. He no doubt knew Greek. He no doubt knew Aramaic, and he probably knew Latin. He was a man that was very scholarly and very knowledge, but he said, I didn't come to you, church in Corinth, with eloquence. I didn't even come to you with human wisdom, but I talked to you about the testimony about God. Look at verse 2. For I resolved. Could everybody say the word resolved? One, two, three, resolved. Come on, we could do better than that. One, two, three, resolved. Resolved means I've made up my mind. Resolved means I've determined. Resolved means I've made it my aim. Paul said, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul didn't spend his time talking about politics. Paul didn't spend his time talking about Socrates or or Plato or talking about what he thought or how he felt. He spent all of his efforts talking about Jesus. He spent all of his efforts talking about the gospel, talking about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And in today's world, there's a rampage on to say that the church is not essential. The gospel is not essential. I want to declare to you the most essential thing in the world today is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is there a witness in this place today? The gospel is essential. The gospel matters. The gospel is the hope for Canada, not just the gospel, the church And there's people have said the church is irrelevant. The church is reading a book that is hate literature. The church doesn't have a place today. The church is not essential. And I say to this church today, and I say to all of you watching online, that God's church is essential. And we need to be loud with our love for Jesus. We need to make Jesus famous in the city of Ottawa and in the nation of Canada. And we must never water down the gospel. It is not the simple gospel. It is the clear gospel. It is the essential gospel. The gospel is what changes lives. If you're with me today, give a little clap offering of praise to our Lord God. The gospel is essential. Paul said in verse 3, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. He came in weakness because Paul had physical ailments. He said, I came with fear and I came with trembling. If you read Acts chapter 18, he received persecution. He received opposition. And in verse 9 of chapter 18, book of Acts, he said, God gave me a vision and said, don't you be silent. You speak up and you share my love because there's a lot of people in Corinth that need Jesus. And so Paul said, I came with weakness, great fear, trembling. Look at verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Paul could have wowed them with his intellect. He could have wowed them with persuasive words. And in that day, those orators and those philosophers would use persuasive words. And the Greek word persuasive actually means manipulative. And they would use manipulative words to sway people. They would wow them with their speech. They would wow them with their intellectual words. And Paul was saying, I can do that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not coming to you with my human wisdom. I'm coming to you with a, watch this, this is verse 4, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. And the Greek word for demonstration is a legal word, and it means the proof. Paul was saying, I didn't come to you with my wisdom. I didn't come to you with my eloquence. I came to you with the word of God, and I'm praying that there would be a demonstration, there would be a manifestation of the Spirit's power. There would be proof that God is working. So much so in verse 5, he said, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Woodville, we need a demonstration of God's power. 
God still changes lives. Come on, anybody with me today? God still changes lives. Now, some plant, others water. God gives the increase. You as a church, Thanksgiving Sunday, participate in a Thanksgiving community offering for a small church in the suburbs of Ottawa and an inner core ministry downtown, Ottawa Inner City Ministries, a goal of $80,000, $83,000 you have given for the kingdom of God. Come on, put your hands together. I think we need to celebrate that. That's your generosity. Now, I want you to look at the screen. I want to show you a bunch of pictures. You might remember back in the fall, we did a backpack drive to, to help children in our community that didn't have school supplies. And you flowed with such generosity. There was so much money left over. We were able to bless four places beyond the backpacks. Look at the screen. Do you see a picture with a mural on a wall? I'm standing there, a lady standing there, and Pastor Joe. That's Morrison Gardens. It's just down the street from our church. We've been incarnating Morrison Gardens for many years. 70, 65 to 70% of Morrison Gardens are single moms and their families. Single moms and their families. And because of your generosity, we were able to bring some money to help them start an after-school program to help those children. And the lady said, your church, that church up the road, is the talk of the West End of Ottawa. We can't thank you enough for what you've done in Morrison Gardens. You may not know this, but we shared with them about our solo mom ministry. And there's many solo moms coming to Woodville on a Wednesday night, Morrison Gardens, bringing their children, putting their children in our children's programs. We told them about our parenting class. They're in our parenting group. We've told them about divorce care. They're in our divorce care group. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be part of a church that demonstrates the power of Jesus. I'm glad that we can reach outside these walls. I want you to look at the screen. Do you see a picture with a bunch of boxes and there's some shoes and boots? That's a local school. We talked to the leadership at that school, and we said, what's your greatest need? And they said, we got many children that don't have running shoes anymore. They're worn out. They don't own a pair of boots for winter. We need help. And so we couldn't sit back. We went out, and we bought some running shoes, and we bought some boots, and we took them to that school to put shoes and boots on the feet of those children. And then, come on, we need to celebrate that. I'm so glad that we can do that. And we were able to write beyond that another check for $1,000. And Pastor Joe and I were there and said, what other need do you have? We got another $1,000 to help you. And they said, we've got a breakfast club because many of these children, their parents don't give them breakfast in the morning. There's no food. There's not enough going on. And we just ran out of money for the breakfast club. We said, you take that $1,000. You get that breakfast club going again. We want to come alongside and help. I'll tell you, church. The louder the love of the church to the community, the greater the demonstration of the power of Holy Spirit. And I believe God, come on, come on, come on, go ahead and give a clap offering of praise to our God. Now, we talk about spirit demonstration. It's us reaching out in the power of the Holy Spirit, but there's another layer to it. I'll tell you, church, it's not human wisdom that's going to change this church. It's not an eloquent sermon that's going to change this church. It's it's not the nice pews or the nice building or the wonderful carpet or or whatever it is. I'll tell you what's going to change this church and change this city is the power of Holy Spirit. And what we need now more than ever is a demonstration 
operation of the power of Holy Spirit. Mental health is on the rampage. Who can set people free from depression? Holy Spirit. Who can change a life? Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, church, the answer for Ottawa is Jesus in the empowerment of Holy Spirit. So number one, we need we need a spirit demonstration. But then there's number two. Write this in your notes. Spirit revelation. The second thing that we need is spirit revelation. I want to unpack verse 6 down to verse 10. And I want to talk to you for a couple of moments about, about a spirit revelation. Paul said in verse 6, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom. Notice he didn't say I. He said we. He knew that there were colleagues. He knows that there's no I in team. He knew that he was reaching Corinth, not on his own. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Everybody say the word wisdom. One, two, three, wisdom. Come on, let's say it again. One, two, three, wisdom. I'll tell you what we need, I need, you need, this church needs, Canada needs, is wisdom from God. Wisdom is to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. We need God's wisdom. And Paul said it's a wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the political leaders of that day. He's not dishing them. He's just saying their wisdom has a limit to it, and it's coming to an end. But there's a kingdom that stands forever, and it's the kingdom of God, and we need his wisdom. Look at verse 7. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Now, the actual immediate context of verse 7 is the gospel. And the truth is, the gospel was hidden. It was a mystery. It wasn't revealed till God, in the fullness of time, sent his son Jesus to this world. On heaven's calendar was a day, a moment, when God would enter earth through, through Jesus. And there's a calendar date when Jesus would die on the cross was a veil, and the Jewish people did, rejected it. They didn't see Jesus as the truth, the life, and the way. And so it was a mystery, and it was hidden that God destined for our glory before time began. Look at verse 8. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they certainly would have crucified the Lord of glory. Look at verse 9. However, as it is written, now Paul dives in and drags out a bit of a verse from Isaiah 64, verse 4, and he brings in some other verses from Isaiah, and he brings a little bit from Jeremiah, and he says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Now, there's three layers to this. The gospel is the first layer. Just because you haven't seen Jesus, just because you haven't really heard about it or understood it, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. In its immediate context, it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about the gospel. But Bible scholars say that there's an ultimate context that's talking about heaven. I've not seen heaven. I've read about it. I don't know what it's all about, but how many people know heaven is real? Come on. How many people know heaven is real? And someday, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, you haven't been in the physical presence of Jesus. You've not seen heaven, and you may not understand it, but God has prepared heaven for those who love. Now, watch this. I'm taking you on a journey. The gospel is the immediate context. The ultimate fulfillment is heaven. But there is an application for you and I today. And I was on a prayer walk a number of months ago on a cold winter day. I was discouraged. 
I was down. I was feeling, Lord, I need your help. These are tough days. Give me a word. And I was walking. You've heard this story. Holy Spirit just said to me two things. Stay the course. And then he said to me, I'm about to do some things that you have never thought possible. And I got up the next morning and I went into my Bible and I started to seek for a scripture to back this up. And the second part, I'm going to do some things that you've never thought possible, came from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And I shared it at a prayer night. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Church, just because you've not seen revival, just because you've not seen the supernatural, just because you've not heard about it, just because you may not understand it or you may not conceive it, God has prepared something big and great for this church. And I'm declaring to you, Whitvale, the best is yet to come. I believe that God has got something great and big for this city, for this church, and for the nation of Canada. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared in advance to do. And just because we're in a dark, difficult day, it doesn't mean God is not on the move. God is on the move. Somebody give a little amen in this place. God is on the move. I want you to look at verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. When you lean in on the Holy Spirit, God reveals, God unpacks, God unveils, God shows you things that you didn't see at the time. And God showed the people in Corinth the, the truth of the gospel. And I'll tell you right now, God by his spirit is calling me and calling you to lean in on Holy Spirit. He wants to show you things that you will never understand in the natural, but you will get it in the supernatural. He's going to show you things that's going to change your marriage, change your family, change your business, change your walk with God. And I believe Holy Spirit is saying, lean in on Holy Spirit and get a word from Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to show you something. Watch this. Latter part of verse 10. Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Holy Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. The deep things means not the shallow thing. And I'll tell you right now, God is saying to his church, don't be shallow in your faith. Press into God, and he's going to show us the deeper revelation of what he has for our life, in our situation, in our now moment. And there's things he wants to tell us. He wants to show us how to navigate through this season. He wants to show you how to navigate through your walk, and he's saying, press in to Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except their spirit within them? Now I want to take it in number three. Number one is spirit demonstration. Number two is spirit revelation. But then there's number three, which is spirit discernment. And spirit discernment picks up in verse 11 down to verse 16. Now watch this, verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm thinking, and you know what you're thinking. Paul uses an argument from the lesser to the greater. Who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Who knows what God is thinking? Holy Spirit. If Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God, should we not lean in 
on Holy Spirit? Should we not get more acquainted with Holy Spirit? Should we not want to know more the voice of Holy Spirit? The answer is a resounding yes. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Look at verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. When the spirit speaks, the spirit gives understanding. Look at verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining us spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. Let me show you this. Paul came to Corinth, not with his eloquence, not with his persuasive words, not with his education. It's all good. He's not dishing it. He came empowered by Holy Spirit. And when he stood up in Corinth, he said, Holy Spirit, give me a word. Holy Spirit, direct me. Holy Spirit, help me to make real the truth of your word. Guide my words. And I'll tell you, every Sunday, I just say, Holy Spirit, guide me and lead me. Give me a fresh revelation. Now, watch this. In your life, God wants to give you a fresh revelation, and he wants to give you spirit discernment so you will know his heart for your marriage, your family, your business, your life. He wants you to live and walk in the spirit, but he's saying, press in, lean in, and I'm going to show you things that you wouldn't understand in the natural, but I'm going to show you it in the spirit. Now, look at verse 14. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but they consider them foolishness. The Jewish people thought the gospel was foolish, and they cannot understand them because they're, here's the word, discerned only through the Spirit. Look this way. In these difficult days, as we're moving into end times, and we could very well be the generation that knows and experiences the rapture of the church. Come on, isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? The Bible says that there will be an antichrist that will come forth. But even before the antichrist comes forth, the spirit of the antichrist will prevail. Listen, church, the spirit of the antichrist is prevailing. And God would say to his church, wake up and discern. Know what is right. Know what is wrong. Know what is good. Know what is evil. Know what is of God. Know what is not of God. Don't be dubbed. Don't be deceived. Don't be confused. There's a confusion that sweeps planet Earth in these dark days. But God is saying to the house, lift up your eyes. Lean in on Holy Spirit. Ask for spiritual discernment. Discernment helps you to know what's going on under the surface. Discernment helps you to sift through it and to see it for what it really is. And my fear is that God's people, if they're not careful, can walk in deception. And so here's the word. And I, I've got to live this out in my own life. Stop listening to so much of the six o'clock news. Stop spending all of your effort surfing social media. Get in the presence of God. Lean in on Holy Spirit and ask Holy Spirit to give you discernment. Ask Holy Spirit to show you the deep things of God. Ask Holy Spirit to give you a fresh revelation that will lead to a demonstration 
illustration, which is a manifestation, so you would know what is going on, and you will see it for what it is, so that you will stand tall in these last days. This is not hate literature. The world would say the church is not essential. I'm saying the church is essential. The world would say the gospel is not essential. I'm here to say the gospel is essential. This is not the day to lean in on our persuasive words, our eloquence, our wisdom. This is the time to press into the wisdom of God and say we need a word from God. We need spirit demonstration. We need spirit revelation so we know what to do. And we need spirit discernment so we can know that we know that we know the heart and the mind of God so that the church wouldn't walk in defeat but live in victory. Somebody give a clap offering of praise to our God. We don't wrestle against political leaders. They're not your enemy. We don't wrestle against the government. They're not your enemy. We don't wrestle against one another. They are not your enemy. Our spiritual battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. This is the time for the church to get on their knees and seek the face of Almighty God and get a word from the Lord. Seek the face of the Almighty God and get a word from the Lord. Let me wrap this up. I want to take you now, if I could, to verse 15. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Woodville, I want you to look this way, and I want the worship band and the worship team to come and join me on the platform. I don't hold back, and I'm just going to say it the way I really feel it. God is calling this church to press in, in the place of prayer. And I want to invite you and encourage you, if you can be here tonight, come and pray. We're in a season of COVID, and we've had to scrape down the time frame of our church because children's ministry, it's hard with the kids, and it's an hour-long service, and I just, I just feel I need to say this. I, I wish our services were a little longer, but I felt the Lord say to me, he could still do a great work in 60 minutes because he's not bound by time. God can still show up in a mighty way in 60 minutes, and we give God the glory. But at our monthly prayer night, we don't show up with an agenda. Pastor Brad knows me well enough. We just show up and say, Holy Spirit, lead us. And God shows up in a mighty way. And if you've never come to a Sunday night, monthly prayer night, I want to call you to start tonight. And I'll tell you what the Lord has said to me right now in the instant. This didn't come to me in first or second service. But God just said to me right now in this very moment, Mark, if you want revival, this place needs to press in deeper in the place of prayer. And I felt the Lord just show me, even as I said that, this place jam-packed on Sunday night prayer nights. And Pastor Brad, I feel the Lord saying to me that the day's going to come that people are going to say, when are we going to have multiple gatherings for prayer nights? Because so many people are trying to get in these doors. I'll tell you, when revival hits, 
people are on their knees in the face of God. And I'll tell you right now, I'm, just, I'm not pulling any punches here. I'm just saying to you, we got to get on our face as a church. If my people will call upon my name and seek my face, then he will send revival and he will heal our land. And God is saying that there is a need like we've never needed before. We need spirit demonstration. We need spirit revelation. And we need spirit discernment. In these difficult days, we need to lean in on Holy Spirit. Get on your feet all across this place. I just want to say to you right now, Holy Spirit wants to speak to you more than you even want to hear Him. He wants to lead you more than you want to be led. He wants to speak a word in this place right this afternoon in this third service. He wants to pour out His power more than we even want to receive His power. And I believe God is saying right now that He's calling His churches to open their hearts and open their lives because He wants there to be spirit demonstration. He wants there to be spirit revelation. And He wants there to be spirit discernment sermon and he's saying to the house reach out reach out reach out there's something great and something huge that God wants to do in and through your life in and through this church so I want to invite us right now all across this place main level the balcony you're watching online let's lift our hands high to the heavens father God I pray right now as pastor Brad begins to lead us in this cry for revival we pray that you would send a mighty revival in the name of the Lord I pray, mighty God, that there would be a spirit demonstration of your power, that you would change lives in the name of the Lord, that you, God, would give us spirit revelation in the name of the Lord, that you would give us spirit discernment in the name of the Lord, that we would lean into Holy Spirit who knows the heart of the Father. And I pray right now as we begin to sing that the windows of heaven would open over this auditorium on the main level up in the balcony from the youngest to the eldest that Lord there would be a fresh outpouring of Holy Spirit in this third morning service I pray it in the name of Jesus everybody shout amen come on give a loud clap offering a praise to our Lord God so I want you right now just to posture your hands lifted to the Lord and Pastor Brad just begin to lead us and let's cry out let's cry out for revival we've seen what you can do oh God of wonders your power has no end the things you've done before in greater measure you will do again Cause there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can't move on Things are possible And there's no broken body you can't raise No soul that you can't save Things are possible the darkest night, you can light it up, you can light it up, oh God of revival, to let hope arise, death is overcome, God you
Everyone's eyes are closed. Whether you're here on site or you're watching online, my question for you if today was the day that Jesus came back, do you know that 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 you're going to heaven? Was there a time? Was there a place? Was there a moment that you personally asked Jesus to be the center of your life? Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to walk out of this place without knowing that you're ready for heaven. The way to heaven is through Jesus. He loved you so much. He sent his son to this world. Jesus died for you. And Christianity is not a religion. It's a personal religion relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Going to church doesn't get you to heaven. It's good to go to church. Reading your Bible doesn't get you to heaven. You got to read the Bible. The only way to heaven is personally asking Jesus to be the center of your life and forgive you of your sins. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I believe there's a number of you in this third morning service and a number of you that are watching online right now that you can't answer that question with a definite yes and if you're here today or you're watching online and you'd like to ask Jesus to be the center of your life and you'd like to be led in a prayer I'm just going to count to three and after I count to three if you want to be included and led in this prayer I want you to do something really bold I want you to lift your hand up so I could see it our heads are bowed I eyes are closed I'm just looking around and by lifting up your hand you're letting me know pastor please I want to be led in this prayer so here we go one, two, three. If that's you, you'll lift your hand high as you can, high as you can. God bless you. I see your hands, friends. There's a number of hands going up. God bless you, friends. You can put your hand down way up in the balcony. I see your hand. And if you'd like to invite Jesus in your life, I want to lead you in this prayer. We're going to join you as we pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the center of my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. I want to live for you and serve you all the days of my life. Today, I make my peace with you. And I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your eyes, Woodville. Can we take a moment? and celebrate salvation.
There's a number of people in this third service that gave their heart to Jesus. And I believe there's people watching online that you did just that. That's the best decision you could ever make. And if you don't attend a life-believing, Bible-believing, life-giving church, we'd love to have you in the journey. You're on site in a couple of moments on your way out. Go to an exit table on the way out. We got a Bible for you. It's free. And we got a little booklet for you. It's free. We got a follow class with some great leaders. They're going to help you in your new faith journey. They can tell you about that. And they're going to tell you about water baptism. And if you're still checking out Christianity, get into Alpha. Now, if this is your church, you got to get into a life group. It'll change your life. Quick little story. There's a lady that was in first service, and she had a stroke a number of weeks back. She was in the hospital for a lengthy time, rehab for a lengthy time. Got on on Friday. Couldn't wait to get to church this morning. Thanksgiving weekend, as she's in rehab downtown, discouraged, it's gray, she can't get out, no one can get in. Her connect group did a drive-by, and they went right outside the hospital, and they arranged it for a nurse to get her looking out the window, and there they are standing outside of their cars holding up signs, we're praying for you, we love you, we miss you. If that's not the church, what is the church? Come on, isn't that exciting? That's a connect group, doing life together, and we want to encourage you to get into a connect group. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests right now? Let's let them know how glad... We are that you're here. And if you're a first-time guest, thank you for coming. We hope you come back in a couple of moments on the way out. Go to an exit table. We got a coffee card for you. Our way of saying thank you for coming. And on your behalf, we're going to make a donation to the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. And then the shoe boxes. You heard about them on your way out. If you haven't got them yet, take as many as you will feel. Phil, let's be a blessing. If you've come prepared to give on site tithes and offerings, offering buckets at the back and debit machines in the lobby, if you'd like personal prayer after I close in prayer, come to the front and stand somewhere along the front and there's a team of people ready to come forward and pray for you. And I really hope you can join tonight. Come as a household. It's family friendly, six to seven, register online. It's, uh, it's my favorite, favorite moment in this house. I can't wait. Pastor Brad, isn't it exciting? We can't wait for prayer night. And we're excited to gather with our church family and press into God. Well, Evan, I love you. Can I pray for you? Just lift up your hands. Father God, I thank you for the church family. We love them so much. We pray blessing on their home. I pray, God, that there would be spirit demonstration and spirit revelation and spirit Discernment. I pray, God, we would take the scripture into our homes, into our connect groups, and we'd allow the teaching this morning to be lived out in our lives. And I pray the windows of heaven to open over this place. I pray, God, that there would be a demonstration of your power, and you would keep on changing lives. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And I pray, God, for anyone this morning that's feeling down, discouraged, lift their spirit in the name of the Lord. For God, those that need healing in their body, heal them in their body. Amen. God, those that are feeling depression, lift the depression in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those that are struggling in their home, bring breakthrough in the name of the Lord. Those, God, that don't know how to pay the bills. There's no money in the bank. There's no food in the fridge. We pray breakthrough in the financial realm. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And I pray, God, no weapon of the enemy forged against this family would prosper. Give us a great day and a great week in Jesus' name. Everybody. But he said, 
Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give a loud clap offering of praise to our God. Well, we love you so much. Have a great day and a great week. We hope to see you tonight. God bless you.